0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. The Ruby Princess saga has been one of the longest-running controversies of Australia's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Six months after the ship docked, bringing with it hundreds of infected passengers, an inquiry looking into the incident has delivered its findings. Today... Malcolm Knox, who wrote about the Ruby Princess in the latest issue of The Monthly, on who was responsible for Australia's biggest coronavirus cluster. Malcolm, how early did we know that cruise ships were a huge risk factor in terms of the spread of coronavirus?
1: Cruise ships were known to be uh, risky from well back Three new coronavirus cases on board the Diamond Princess cruise ship, bring in the total number to 64. On By mid-February, there were more than 100 infected with coronavirus on the Diamond Princess, which was now in quarantine in, in Yokohama.
0: Recording another 137 cases of coronavirus in a little more than 24 hours, bringing the total number infected to at least 355.
1: By the 14th of April, 14 people had died on board from the the disease, so that was very much a cautionary tale at the front of mind for uh, health authorities all around the world. So this was why New South Wales Health put together an advisory panel to look very specifically at at cruise ships and the risk factors associated with them back as early as late January, early February and it was on the 12th of February that New South Wales put together a panel to begin drafting procedures for how to assess the risk of incoming cruise ships.
0: Mm-hmm. And the cruise ship that's attracted the most attention is the now infamous Ruby Princess, So can you tell me more about that ship and its passengers?
1: So the Ruby Princess was doing these um, kind of round trip pleasure cruises from Sydney that usually took about uh, ten to fourteen days. They would dock in places like Auckland, Wellington other ports in New Zealand, they were heavily populated by by older people. It got to New Zealand, uh, did a couple of stops in the South Island. By that stage, a few people had presented with influenza-like illnesses. The ship's doctor, Ilse von Watzdorf, was uh, treating them, and she'd been given a box of 25 swabs for coronavirus testing to take on the trip, and she uh, swabbed five people and in Wellington, those uh, five swabs all came back negative. Uh, there were a number of people who tested positive to, to influenza A. Uh, the doctor thought that she might have had a, a small influenza A outbreak on board.
0: OK, so there were people with respiratory illnesses on board, but there wasn't yet any evidence that passengers were infected with coronavirus. With the virus spreading around the world, including on cruise ships, what sort of precautions were being taken on the Ruby Princess?
1: I think you'd say that the precautions were sort of understandable in the world of mid-March, which was, uh, you know, a lot of hand-washing was being recommended, hand sanitizer was everywhere, the public toilets, people were, were encouraged not to use the public toilets on board. But at the same time, a lot of social... Events were taking place. There were still theatre shows, uh, there were still dances, there were still, um, you know, painting classes and karaoke nights, and uh, there were even there was a St Patrick's Day party and even a farewell party on the last night where where people were not generally uh, socially distancing. Meanwhile, there were more people presenting with influenza-like symptoms on board in those last few days, and the number of people with symptoms really shot up very quickly in the final 24 hours of the voyage.
0: Malcolm, what happened when the ship did dock in Sydney at a time when there were so many people with symptoms on board?
1: Uh, The New South Wales Expert Assessment Panel deemed the ship low risk, which meant that they didn't even want to send uh, any staff on board to do uh, temperature testing. This surprised the doctor on board and some of the staff on board. Um, If they'd followed the guidelines strictly, it would have raised the ship to medium risk, one of their main concerns, this is the doctors, one of their main concerns was the Diamond Princess. And the doctors were, you know, probably thinking, look, we don't want to leave people on board because the, the virus can spread very quickly in that uh, situation. We want to let them get home. We'll, we'll tell them to self-isolate once they get home. But really the, the best thing um, to do to avoid a spread is to get people off the ship. And that was what happened on the morning of 19th of March,
0: Late last week, about 3,000 passengers were able to disembark a cruise ship known as the Ruby Princess in Sydney. They were given clearance to do so. In the subsequent, passengers day. were getting in taxis, buses, and boarding planes.
1: Uh, we've seen the pictures of people crowding around the, the taxi stands and the bus stands um, at the overseas passenger terminal at Circular Quay,
0: heading to cities and towns across the country, including Toowoomba, Wollongong, Port Augusta, Darwin, and Melbourne.
1: Clearly not socially distancing, most of them not wearing masks and people jumping onto public transport, uh, even a lot of American passengers going straight to Sydney Airport and getting on a plane back to the USA.
0: And we know now that passengers started testing positive for coronavirus almost immediately after they disembarked from the Ruby Princess.
1: Yeah. In total, there were 600 people from that ship uh, that we know of uh, that tested positive for COVID-19. The uh, number of fatalities from the ship steadily built over the next uh, two to three weeks when people, all of them elderly people, tested positive were hospitalised. Three more coronavirus deaths are being linked to the Ruby Princess cruise ship.
0: I can confirm that the woman who died contracted COVID-19 on the Ruby Princess cruise ship.
1: As far as we know, there are, there are 21 and 22 deaths from the ship, 13 of them in Australia and the others um, overseas, mainly in the USA.
0: We'll be back in a moment.
1: The City of London in Andrew O'Hagan's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for
0: pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest Caledonian Road. The Ruby Princess ultimately was responsible for Australia's biggest coronavirus cluster and a number of deaths. What has the fallout been?
1: There was a great deal of criticism, as you'd imagine, of the New South Wales government.
0: Last week, the Premier blamed Border Force. This week, she blamed the captain of the ship. She has taken no responsibility. The government has taken no responsibility at all.
1: And the realisation very quickly was that the administration of cruise ship arrivals in a big port like Sydney was a dog's breakfast of different agencies. When I spoke to New South Wales South government on Friday night, I said, what i have seen in Victoria, the way that vessel was handled, was done very, very well. And had that occurred in this case, what happened wouldn't have happened. With The Federal Department of Agriculture, the New South Wales Department of Health, the New South Wales Port Authority, the Department of Immigration, Australian Border Force, all involved in some way, yet without any clear chain of authority. I didn't know anything about the Ruby Princess. I was dealing with all of the other issues that were obviously being dealt with. So that was why the New South Wales government set up a commission of inquiry to look at the system failures that had had led to this happening.
0: Good evening. It was the disaster that spread COVID-19 across Australia and around the world. And tonight, who's responsible for the Ruby Princess debacle has been laid bare. And... In- and- The results of that inquiry were released on Friday. What did it find?
1: Essentially, the inquiry found that mistakes made by the Expert Assessment Panel of New South Wales Health was responsible for the disembarkation uh, of the Ruby Princess and the subsequent spread of the illness. So the Ruby Princess Inquiry on Friday, in, uh, finding in scathing terms against New South Wales Health around how it managed the departure of COVID-infected passengers off that cruise ship in March. and quest- So unfortunately for those doctors involved, it was in essence a report that found them responsible, blamed them, they made mistakes. Doctors do make mistakes to classify the ship as low risk meaning uh, in effect do nothing as the report said is as inexplicable as it is unjustifiable it was a serious mistake.
0: So the key focus of the report was the fact that the ship was designated low risk by New South Wales Health which is why passengers were allowed to disembark.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and there, there was no escaping that.
0: So it really identified some mistakes that were made by New South Wales Health. But what about all of the the other agencies that played a role in what happened?
1: There were failures across the board, uh, for instance, by Carnival Cruises, not to have a larger number of swarms, uh for COVID on board the ship. There were administrative glitches by uh, Australian Border Force, by the Port Authority. Nothing ran well. Border Force had a very minor administrative role in clearing the ship after it had been cleared on health ground uh, by New South Wales Health. Border Force has no doctors. It has no epidemiologists. So even if Border Force had put their hand up and said nobody get off, What could it do? Well, it could only refer the matter back to the doctors who had already cleared the ship to to disembark. So the accusations of Border Force being responsible were more driven by politics.
0: Mm. And what has the fallout been since the report was made public?
1: Given that that the Commissioner found really it was a mistake made by doctors, There there was no systemic problem, there was no political cover up or anything like that, all that was left for uh, the New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, to do was to say sorry. Um,
0: Can I now apologise unreservedly to anybody who suffered as a result of the mistakes that were outlined in the report undertaken by individuals.
1: As Premier, she was ultimately the person who who was overseeing the government and she could do nothing but apologise.
0: I want to say I can't imagine what it would be like having a loved one or being someone yourself who continues to suffer and experience trauma as a result. And I want to apologise unreservedly.
1: And she placed particular emphasis on apologising to 62 people um, who contracted COVID as a secondary or tertiary infection.
0: Those 62 people who weren't on the ship, but somehow contracted the virus as a consequence of that disembarkation. And I want to say... And
1: the. Uh, Chief Health Officer in New South Wales, Kerry Chant, also apologised.
0: Uh, before I begin my report, can I also echo the words of the Premier? I would like to express my apologies for the impact of the mistakes on the health and wellbeing of the community. We have seen seven new cases of
1: One thing that I thought was quite admirable in the authority was the Commissioner assuring the witnesses that he was not. On a witch hunt, Uh, he was not out to to find any person to blame for it all. His terms of reference were to improve the system so that this kind of thing shouldn't happen again. And that that was the purpose and mission of the inquiry.
0: Malcolm, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you. From the Saturday Paper comes The Food, a free weekly newsletter featuring curated recipes from some of the country's leading chefs, including Andrew McConnell, Otama Carey, David Moyle and Karen Martini. Cook what they cook by subscribing today at the slash newsletters.
0: Also in the news... The inquiry into Victoria's hotel quarantine program has heard that one family of four who returned to Australia was responsible for 90% of the state's coronavirus infections. All four members of the family tested positive to COVID-19. Following those cases, three people who worked at the Ridges Hotel in Melbourne also tested positive. The Ridges outbreak then spread throughout the community. The inquiry also heard that an outbreak at the Stamford Hotel is responsible for most of the remaining cases of coronavirus in Victoria. And in the US, the Democratic National Convention has gotten underway. The four-day presidential nominating event has been transformed by the coronavirus pandemic and is taking place online. The event, which marks the official launch of Biden's presidential bid, opened with speeches from high-profile political figures, including Bernie Sanders and Michelle Obama.